Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. Today we're going to reveal some of the practical tips and job search strategies you can use to land a great first job. Joining us is Leslie Mittler, who is the co-host of the Finding a Job podcast and a career coach and co-founder of Early Stage Careers. Leslie's company is a service that helps college students bridge the gap between their education and their first job. And today, Leslie and I are going to talk about how you can do an honest self-evaluation so you can prepare for your upcoming job search. Okay, here's my conversation with Leslie Mittler, career coach and co-founder of Early Stage Careers. Leslie, welcome back to the Finding a Job podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk about this topic because it's very timely. So where would you like to start? Well, you know, I think that this is an important topic because it's about self-evaluation. This is when the people that are in college, our future careerists, are starting to think about who they are. And now that we've gone through our info sessions, how who we are matches up with the jobs that may be available to us. So let's start off at the top. When you're going through a self-evaluation process, how do you think about breaking down what are the skills that you have and what are the skills that you need to develop? Well, I think that there's a couple aspects to that. I mean, first of all, I would just sit down and make a list. And sometimes you could even maybe look at particular job descriptions of positions that you might be interested in, look at the qualifications and understand what those jobs are looking for. But it's important to also know what you're good at, where you can improve and what areas are not your strengths. And having those three buckets of information will help you to better evaluate the jobs as you look at them and say, you know, yes, this is a good fit for me because I'm good at these things. I enjoy doing these things. And it doesn't have the stuff that I don't enjoy doing. This is not just a process that someone that's early in their career should be following. This is something that everyone does throughout their career is taking a moment to sit down and evaluate what they do well and what they need to develop to make themselves more marketable and more effective in their job. And so if this is the first time that you're sitting down and you're thinking about what your career is going to be like and where you're going to fit into the workforce There are always going to be areas for self-improvement, and you have to be honest about what some of the things that you do that are going to be your strengths. I think the important thing to do when you're going through this self-evaluation process is to break up the things that you do into two buckets, thinking about the soft skills and the hard skills. So, Leslie, why don't you help us define what soft and hard skills are? Can you give me a sense of, let's start off with the soft skills. How do you define what, what a soft skill is? If I were to define soft skill, I would say it is a combination of knowledge, behavior, and experience. I think that's a great way to break it down. Soft skills are all of the things that you bring to the table that are not, hey, I passed this class, I have this certification, here are the things that you can read on your resume. 
it is the things that you know and the things that you can do and the reason why you're going to be effective in a company. It is essentially the unmeasurables and the unquantifiables. So what I would recommend in sort of being able as a starting point to evaluate your soft skills is to understand what are the categories of soft skills that employers value the most. And that would be communication, critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, leadership, and creativity. So those are all soft skills that in many, many surveys that have been done by a number of organizations, employers rank those as the top soft skills that they're looking for. So that's really a good place to start. I think I'm going to throw one more soft skill in, and it's your ability to get along with teammates, be a cross-functional partner, right? It's not necessarily just an understanding. It's not necessarily what experience you have, but likely early in your career, you're not going to have a ton of experience that's specifically applicable to your job. Maybe you're going to have a little academic experience, not a lot of work experience, but your ability to learn, your ability to work with others and get along and be a great team member is something that's going to be critically important. And so I think that's something that I would add onto the list of soft skills, how you're able to fold yourself into a team. I think that that makes a tremendous amount of sense. And so what, what do you do with that list, though, once you have it? So I think the important thing is that you have to objectively look at your capabilities, what you've accomplished and achieved in each of these areas. And then, you know, you can start to sort of match up some of those soft skills with things that you've done in your work experience, in your education, in your extracurricular leadership activities, in order to get a better understanding of how your soft skills align with those that employers are looking for. And I think that between soft and hard skills, soft skills are the hardest things to actually point to, right? These are the things that are going to come out in your interviews. These are things that are going to come out by networking. And these are the types of things that are going to make you successful in your job. They're not the things that you're going to point to on your resume as the differentiator. You're not going to say, I am an excellent listener as a resume bullet, right? You're going to talk about times when you've had to communicate effectively and what the output of that. And that gets us into what your hard skills are. These are the things that, you know, are going to be the the profile that you set up. What are the visible things that you can use to market yourself as a candidate to potential hiring managers. So let's talk a little bit about what a hard skill is and what are some of the ones that you might want to think about and try to cultivate. Well, hard skills are actually skills that are learned and acquired, you know, through your education or your work experience. So some examples might be Excel, PowerPoint, you know, Microsoft Office suite skills. It might be coding, could be financial modeling, could be web design, it could be a foreign language. Anything that's quantifiable and that could be included in the accomplishments for a job would be considered a hard skill. So on the academic front, I would say that, you know, completing courses, right, having a major, uh, graduating, I would call all of those things hard skills. The lessons that you're learning from those classes would be soft skills, the knowledge that you possess, and which is hard to point to, hey, I am knowledgeable at X, Y, and Z without the hard skill of saying I actually graduated with a degree in economics. I can essentially speak fluent economics. There are also different things outside of the academic world, certifications and, and some you know points of your 
public portfolio where you're not having to pass a class to prove that you have a hard skill. Talk to me about some of the other ways that you can prove you have a hard skill outside of the academic world. Sure. And I think what we're going to talk about now are also vehicles to enhance your profile publicly or to a potential employer. So you had mentioned certifications. So there are lots of skills that people will put on a resume, for example, Facebook, Instagram, Spanish, whatever, Excel, PowerPoint, and there's no measurement of what your level of achievement is in those skills. So if you really want to highlight to a potential employer what you've actually accomplished in many of those skills, you can do online certifications. And so, for example, become Microsoft Excel certified, somebody who's the reader of that resume will understand exactly what that means and exactly what your level of competency is in Microsoft Excel. This is the same with social media. There are lots of social media certifications, and many of them are online and free and are not hard to gain. It could be, you know, three, four, five hours of doing an online tutorial, and then you take a some sort of test and you get a badge and you are now certified in, for example, HubSpot or Google Analytics. So again, those sorts of things, instead of just saying I do social media, to be able to say I do social media at this level is much more impactful for a client. So certifications are great. So as you're sitting down and you're going through a self-evaluation process and you're thinking about what are my soft skills, what are the things that I excel at and I know, and what are my hard skills, what are the things that I can point to to prove that I have experience, that I'm going to be effective in the workplace? What are the data points that someone can look at to separate me from a candidate as someone else? How do you think about highlighting what some of the soft and hard skills you have are? And how do you think about going through the process of filling out your skill set? Where should you be investing your time? And how do you think about where you have gaps? That's a great question. So I pretty much find across the board that Excel is an area where just about everyone I meet needs to improve in because Excel is so widely used in the workplace and it's not just in any one particular discipline. So whatever your Excel skills are, if they're not close to intermediate slash advanced or advanced, you need to beef those up because people in the workplace are going to be very happy to have young people who are fluent with Excel. So I think sort of that's across the board for everyone. Now, when it comes to looking at other specific skills, I think the best way to get a sense of where you need to build those skills is to look at job descriptions of jobs or internships that you're interested in applying to and go right down to the qualifications and see what they list in the qualifications in terms of things that they're looking for. And if you don't have those skills or if you have them, but they're not at the level that you want them to be at, you should start working on them immediately. You don't want to go into an interview and say, well, I know you have to be really good at PowerPoint and I will be by the time I start this job. You have to be really good at PowerPoint when you're interviewing for that job. So a few weeks ago on this podcast, we walked through the process of the steps that you need to go through to get ready to apply for a job. And first and foremost, we're, we've gone through some info sessions at this point. You're, you're starting to learn about some of the jobs that are out there. You're looking at the qualifications. And this is the process here of doing the self-evaluation where you're setting up your plan. You're thinking about what are the other things that you need to develop. When you're going through the info session process and you're starting to do your preliminary research, and Leslie, if, let's say I'm going through this process and I realize that 
I don't have a lot of the prerequisites and qualifications for the jobs that I thought I was going to be interested in. I'm applying for financial consulting jobs, and it turns out I don't have the quantitative background to really be competitive. What's your advice? Do I try to quickly hurry up and get those skills? Do I get some sort of certification to show that I have at least some level of competence? Or do I start thinking about looking for other types of jobs? Well, depending on the field and depending on how many of the qualifications that they're looking for and how competitive it was, you picked a field that's extremely competitive. So I would tell you, you may need to start looking at other jobs, but what is it about consulting that really attracts you so that you can look for those qualities in other types of positions? So there must be something about consulting that you're interested in. And then if you can find that common thread and look at other positions that don't require the same level of high academic achievement and the same kind of highly quantitative skill sets. However, the other alternative is to start out really early in your college career if you can identify things that you're going to be interested in and start packing those into your schedule so that by the time you get to interviewing for those internships or first-time jobs, you've already added those skills instead of waiting till later on to look at them and say, oh, my skills don't match up with what they're looking for. I think the, the big question here for you know the hiring managers, you've been a hiring manager and you've been an executive recruiter before. How often does a candidate meet every single one of the requirements in a job rec? Well, I think it's a really interesting question. So one of the things that, that you have to look at or that I look at is usually the way that the qualifications are listed in a job description have some relationship to the importance of those skills to do this job well. So if you match up pretty well with, let's say there are eight bullet points for qualifications, and if you match up pretty well for the majority of them, but there are a couple things that you don't have but are not critical to the execution of the job, or you could learn on the job, or you could learn before you start the job, then I think you certainly take your chances to apply anyway. I think that the moral of the story here is very rarely is an applicant going to be a perfect match across every qualification that's listed. When you're reading a job description, don't be intimidated if there are a long list of qualifications and if you match the vast majority of them, but not all of them. That is still something that you should apply for. And I think that the takeaway here is you need to be cognizant of what skills you have, mostly focusing on the most important ones at the top. If you are a good match for the qualifications at the top, the most important ones in a job description, and some of the ones at the bottom are not a perfect match, that's a job that you're qualified for. But you need to show an interest and the ability to develop the additional skills that you may or may not already have. So for example, if you're applying for a financial consulting job and you have a wonderful quantitative background, you have your Excel skills and you've gone through your classes and you have your certifications, but you don't have social media experience and they're asking for that, that is something that you can enroll in a course for and say, I am working to develop my social media expertise by enrolling for this class, which I'm scheduled to graduate from before I start the job and show that you have not only an understanding of what skills you have, but a passion to develop the rest of your skill set. That's the best way for you to show the hiring manager that even if you are underskilled for one of the skills that is not the mandatory requirements, you're going to develop that skill and be able to learn on the job. 
I think that's a great point. And today with so many courses being offered online, it really is not that difficult. So even if what you need to learn is not taught at your school, the accessibility online is tremendous. So we've talked a lot about how to develop the skills that you don't have. What are some of the ways that you can focus on finding a job that's going to maximize the skills that you do have? Well, I think one of the things that can be very helpful is to just get out and talk to people who are maybe not your age, maybe a couple years older, who are in entry-level roles or have done internships in those kinds of positions. And instead of just reading a job description, get a real sense of what it is to do that kind of job and what is required to be good at it and what is interesting about it to them and to make sure that those kinds of things are interesting to you as well. As much as we want this process of self-evaluation to be quick and contained and for you to be able to sit down and think about your soft skills and think about your hard skills, this is going to be an evolution, right? You're going to be learning more about yourselves as you mature in your career, as you mature as a person, right? You're going to learn more about some of the things that you're good at and some of the things that you need to develop and some of the things that you just inherently struggle in. The self-evaluation process is not a one-hour sit-down, sing kumbaya, and have a perfect understanding of where you're going to fit in the job place. It is a process that's going to take months, years, entire careers to really find what your fit is. So as you're thinking about your hard and your soft skills, you're going to be comparing that with the info sessions and what you know about the jobs. But this is an ongoing process. It is not something that's going to just be once one and done and say, okay, I now know what my skills are. I'm going to take this class and I will have them fully rounded out. You're going to develop those skills over time. You know, another resource and something that I did when I was in college is that I sat down and talked to the professors who I felt knew me really well and really sought out their advice because they saw me from a different perspective than I saw myself from. The other thing is just remember that internships don't mean that you have to go in that particular career path. An internship is an opportunity to try something out, to see how you like it, to learn more about yourself in a work environment, to see what you're good at, what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. And so you may try an internship after one year and say, I definitely know that is not for me. But then you have another year or two to do other internships and discover things and help fine tune your direction. So I think as we talk about what you should be focused on in August, in the beginning of the school year, while you're getting settled, you're starting to gain some information about the job possibilities that are out there, and you're matching them not only to the skill sets that you have, but the skill sets that you want to develop. And this process is going to not only help you understand where you fit in, what the likelihood of you being hired, what are some of the things that you should do. It's also going to help you craft your story and help position yourself to effectively land the job. And, and that gets us into what we're going to be talking about in the next weeks and months, which is starting to fill out your applications, getting your online profiles ready, and actually writing your resumes and filling out your cover letter. So we're going to be talking about those topics more in the next few weeks. But for now, sit back, take some time, Think about what you have learned about your job search, about what the potential jobs are, and start to think about how your skills from a hard and soft skill set match up to the jobs that you're interested. And in the very near future, we're going to start talking about how to take those skills and put a pen to paper and actually craft a story that's going to help you land a job. Leslie, any last words about finding and evaluating your hard and soft skills? 
I think the most important thing is just to really be honest with yourself. And if you're not really sure, there are assessments out there. There are opportunities to work with somebody who has more experience and expertise in this field to help you better understand what you should be focusing on and what's going to make you happy. Okay, great advice. And that wraps up this episode of the Finding a Job podcast. Thanks to Leslie Mittler, a co-founder and career coach at Early Stage Careers for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Leslie, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet. Her handle is Early Stage Careers, E-A-R-L-Y-S-T-G-C-A-R-E-E-R-S. Or you can visit her company's website, which is earlystagecareers.com. A couple of links in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening, just head over to fajpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and the contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Finding a Job podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We would love to hear from you. So we created fajpod.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your career questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is fajpod on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a regular stream of career search knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode multiple times during the work. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back in your feed soon. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to stay positive and keep networking. <laughs>